Good evening. I'm Shevket Pamuk, Professor of Contemporary Turkish Studies here at the European Institute of the London School of Economics and Political Science. I welcome all of you to the LSE. We have an important guest this evening, leader of the Turkish Cypriots, Mehmet Ali Talat. For the Turkish Cypriots, he is their elected president. We are very much interested in what he has to say this evening on the ongoing peace negotiations in Cyprus. Mehmet Ali Talat was born in Kyrenia in 1952. After completing his primary and secondary education in Cyprus, he graduated from the Middle East Technical University in Ankara with a master's degree in electrical engineering. I might add that I was also a teacher at that institution for a number of years, but we did not meet then. <laughs> Talat was actively engaged in politics since he was a university student and played an important role in the establishment of the Turkish Cypriot Trade Unions and Student Youth Federation, becoming the first chairman of the latter's executive board. He also participated in the youth movement of the Republican Turkish Party and served in various committees and organs of that party. He was eventually elected as the, as the leader of that party, he also served as a member of the parliament, minister, and prime minister. During 2004 referendum on the Annan plan, which was developed by the United Nations and, and aimed at the formation of a loose federation on the island and its entry to the European Union, Talat supported a yes vote and the plan received overwhelming endorsement amongst the Turkish Cypriots. It was in fact this yes vote that led to the EU promise to reduce the isolation of North Cyprus. Talat remains publicly committed today to the reunification of the island. As you all know, negotiations are currently in progress between the leaders of the two com communities, Mehmed Ali Talat and Dimitris Christofias, to establish a bicommunal, bizonal federation in Cyprus with single sovereignty, single citizenship, and international identity. Mehmed Ali Talat will speak to us this evening on what he has been actively involved in for some time now the settlement process in Cyprus. He will be happy to take questions afterwards. LSE hopes to have a podcast and a video of this event available online afterwards, barring technical difficulties. Please join me now to extend a warm welcome to our speaker. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be here in the London School of Economics, a university 
that is renowned for its academic excellence and give you a brief account of where we are in the Cyprus negotiations. For over a year now, the, since uh, September uh, 2008, negotiations are underway in Cyprus to finally bring the Cyprus problem to a closure. As you know, this was not an easy task. It took quite a lot endeavor of the uh, uh, Turkish Cypriot side to reach to this stage, to be able to start the negotiations in uh, 2008, we uh, continuously worked for uh, the uh, ripening of the conditions. Uh, and so uh, we, at the end, uh, succeeded in starting the negotiations with the election of Dimitris Christofias as the leader of Greek Cypriot side. This was uh, an important development since only that election actually caused the commencement of negotiations. Before the commencement of the negotiations, we agreed on 23rd May 2008 that the solution will be by zonal, by communal federation, with political equality. And that this partnership will have a federal government with single international personality, as well as a Turkish Cypriot constituent state and a Greek Cypriot constituent state, which will be of equal status. Furthermore, on 1st July 2008, we agreed that the, uh, the single sovereignty and single citizenship principles are agreed in principle, and the implementation of these uh, features will be negotiated during the full-fledged negotiations. During the first phase of the negotiations, we have achieved good convergence on the issues of governance and power sharing, European Union affairs, and economy. Three main subjects of the Cyprus problem. Altogether, they are six, three of them, and the major ones, the most difficult entangled ones, the uh, power sharing and governance, and the European Union affairs were uh, difficult issues, and we successfully made quite good convergence. Power sharing and governance 
is the most difficult subject actually and also the reason of the beginning of the Cyprus problem the differences and the conflict the clashes regarding the governance and power sharing caused the Cyprus problem so making progress in that subject is a quite important development. On property, territory and security and guarantees, we are not yet to achieve a similar convergence. This is, of course, valid for the first uh, round of talks. Uh, for the first time in history of Cyprus negotiations, the two parties are preparing joint papers themselves on the core issues of the problem. This might not be seen important by you, but it is very important since in the history of Cyprus negotiations, uh, it has never happened to have to prepare joint papers. By joint papers, of course, I don't mean full convergence. Convergence, points of disagreements, and points for further consideration together are in the joint papers. But if you look to the papers, uh, by the way, uh, the agreed matters are written in black letters. Turkish Cypriot proposals, which are not agreed by Greek Cypriots, uh, are written in uh, red. And uh, Greek Cypriot proposals, which are not accepted by Turkish Cypriots, are written in blue. If you look overall picture, the majority are black. <laughs> this is important. As I said, it is the first time in Cyprus negotiation history that this is happening. In the past, negotiations were done between the sides, between the parties, and the Turkish Cypriot side and Greek Cypriot side generally were presenting their ideas to each other. United Nations was following and after some time, when United Nations feel uh, the conditions are ripen, uh, they were uh, making some proposals or some packages put on the table, like uh, Galiset of Ideas. Before that, in 1985-86, Quayer document. In 1992, Galiset of Ideas. And in case of the Anand Plan, as you know, in 2002, uh, November uh, by uh, the Secretary General, uh, His Excellency Kofi Annan. Uh, it is the first time that we are preparing the joint papers, we are negotiating, and uh, after uh, preparation of these joint papers, uh, in the next phase, we are going to, of course, uh, the idea was that we, were, we are going to uh, 
reach to better convergence in those points of disagreements. This was the initial idea. Uh, of course, these papers are produced, 30 joint papers are produced on three big subjects. The uh, governance and power sharing, uh, economy, and European Union affairs. The other three, property, security and guarantees, and the territories are still uh, waiting for uh, convergence. That is another subject, but as I said, they are not very detailed and entangled. They are important issues, but not very detailed and entangled. Um, it is true that we could have achieved more progress in the negotiations if the Greek Cypriot side would have agreed to start from somewhere, say from the Anand plan, or at least to have a more intensified process. But this is very well known, you all know, that this couldn't happen because of the uh, demonization of the Anand plan in the Greek Cypriot side, this became impossible to start from the Anand plan. So that we, we could start from where we left and we could, we could have quick progress. But unfortunately, we started from the scratch. Not very from the scratch, but uh, actually we started from somewhere which is uh, not, which was not very clear. So, uh, because of this and because of the lack of intensification, uh, the uh, negotiations went uh, slowly. At least uh, we couldn't reach the expected pace. Nevertheless, the progress we achieved so far cannot be underestimated. The second phase of negotiations started uh, on 10 September 2009 with particular emphasis on the issue of executive and property. The Turkish Cypriot side also expressed the need for a better structured and more intensified process in the second phase to increase the momentum in the negotiations and achieve a comprehensive solution in early 2010. Subsequently, we agreed to meet twice a week instead of once a week, twice a week, so that doubling the, uh, the uh, frequency of our meetings, which has been the case since September, and recently we also agreed that we will have more intensified meetings in January. <clears throat> Whole day meetings for three consecutive days. This is uh, uh, an important, uh, I think, decision which has been taken by us. Three consecutive days 
and full days uh, in two sessions. One uh, in uh, starting with 10th of January, 10, 11, 12, and the next week, again three days, uh, full day negotiations. Uh, hopefully, we will uh, make good progress. We need to find ways to expedite the process to be able to find a settlement before the current window of opportunity is lost. It is also true that the Turkey-Cypriot uh, Turkey side is in more need for a settlement than the Greek Cypriots. The Greek Cypriot side feels comfortable with the current status quo as they are the recognized government and the member of the European Union. Turkey Cypriots, on the other hand, are still living under isolations. Every step towards lifting of the isolations will improve the prospect of settlement in the meantime. I believe all the issues before us in the negotiations can be solved with goodwill and compromise. This is the magic uh, uh, ability of the leaders, if they can, in order to be able to uh, conclude this protracted uh, problem. Uh, goodwill and compromise. Without compromise, solution is impossible. Everybody knows this. They know, they say, but the problem is uh, at the implementation level. We have to also mean what we say. This is very crucial, very important. And for this, we need the encouragement of the people, Turkish Cypriot people, Greek Cypriot people, uh, should have the vision, common vision, for uh, solution and ready for compromise. This is crucial. This is a must. And we, the leaders of the two peoples, we have to prepare our communities. Otherwise, this might be either uh, not possible or very difficult to achieve. In the meantime, getting the support of Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots, it is uh, sure that we have to get the support of international community, particularly the United Nations. United Nations involvement and active participation, active support is necessary. Since the problem, the Cyprus problem, is an international problem, the international bodies, international means are necessary for uh, reaching a solution. Hence, I always believe that 
the international involvement is a need, whereas my counterparts are not in favor of the involvement of international community, and of course this uh, approach causes uh, problems in uh, having uh, quick progress. So uh, I want to reiterate that Turkish Cypriot side is fully committed to a settlement based on the United Nations established parameters and the joint statements of the two leaders. My policies before and after the referenda in 2004 have always been in favor of a settlement. I also want to stress that Turkey fully supports the process and that any settlement acceptable to the Turkish Cypriot side would be also acceptable to Turkey. This is a very important open check for the solution of the Cyprus problem. I also believe that Mr. Papandreou will be an important asset for the successful conclusion of the negotiations. Now, what is required is to courage, encourage my counterpart, Mr. Christofias, to be more flexible with some of the positions and allow us to find a settlement early next year. <clears throat> I'm doing, <clears throat> on my part, everything I can to convince him to be more flexible, particularly on the issues of property and the guarantees. The active involvement of the United Nations, as I said, is crucial for efforts to achieve an early settlement in Cyprus. And also, I want to highlight an important issue uh, that in the second phase, we actually made a, a good development, a good progress took place, although not big achievement, big step, but a considerably important step has been taken in the second phase by making, an, a, making a joint paper, again, on the categorization of the properties. At the beginning, this was uh, a very difficult problem. Quite a long time, we were desperately hopeless because of the Greek Cypriot side's position regarding this issue that Greek Cypriot side was uh, having the idea that the properties, uh, the fate of the properties will be decided fully by the dispossessed owners. So, of course, this was very difficult from since 1974. Not actually the, the dispossessions 
started in 1963. But the biggest uh, number of properties which were dispossessed uh, were dispossessed in 1974. And since 1974, a lot of developments took place regarding those properties. So going back pre-1974, or even uh, to 1963 would not be logical and would not be practical. So our concern was very deep. But uh, when we uh, discussed this issue quite a long time, it has been understood that by keeping our ideas uh, as they are, we should start to categorize the properties because there are many types of properties. So we started by categorization of the properties and we are expecting to also find or negotiate and agree on the remedies for those categories. And by achieving that, we have the opinion that a good progress might, might take place. So uh, the most complicated, most difficult issue of property is now becoming uh, less complicated, let's say, or at least some progress we are observing on that uh, issue, uh, the subject uh, also. In general, the Turkish Cypriot side is committed to the solution. My friend Christophias also expresses his commitment for a solution and our uh, decisiveness for the continuation of the negotiations. We will not leave the table. We will negotiate until a solution. And we think that this will yield some positive results because we need it. Actually, everybody needs a solution. Sometimes it is uh, seen as Turkish side is in a more difficult situation and that's why that they want a solution. But Greek Cypriots are comfortable and they don't. This might be true for ordinary people. But coming to the, uh, to the, uh, to the level of uh, intellectuals, to the level of uh, politicians, to the level of knowledgeable people, it is clear that continuation of the non-solution would cause the, uh, the division to continue forever and 
become permanent. So this is, that is another <clears throat> reason for uh, trying to find the solution as soon as possible. So I hope we will do our best to reach to a comprehensive settlement until the, uh, the elections in the uh, Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. Because uh, elections in uh, April uh, might cause, although short, it doesn't matter, but might cause an interruption of negotiations. So finding a solution until that time would be the best. Otherwise, there is always a possibility to lose the, uh, the, uh, oppor the, uh, the, pos the possibility of uh, finding a solution in, uh, in near future. Uh, the time is not for the solution, for the side of the solution. Time is for the side of division and continuation of the non-solution conditions. So we have to be careful and quick enough to make progress. This is <clears throat> what I wanted to say uh, regarding the ongoing negotiations, and uh, I will be ready for your questions. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for this very clear assessment of at least where you stand in these negotiations, very delicate negotiations. As um, I mentioned, our speaker is now ready to take questions. Um, may I just uh, point out that uh, when the, uh, the LSE microphones reaches you, please stand up and state your name, and please make sure that you ask a question and keep your comments very brief, please. Thank you. So we will take three questions and then the president will answer them. Yes. My name is Ice Neil Maz and I would like to ask President um, Talat, next year um, when you hope to reach a settlement, are there any plans to go uh, for a referendum to ask the Turkish and the Greek Cypriots on your outcomes. 
We have another one. Yes, the gentleman here. Yes, and then we we have you. Yes, okay. My name's Michael Daventry. Um, Mr. President, uh, it was widely reported that uh, in in the press last year, I think it was, uh, that you'd admitted that you'd cried back in 1983 on the day that. Um, your party, the Republican Turkish Party, had decided to accept the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus, and a few days afterwards, the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus was declared. Last year, there were parliamentary elections in uh, that country, and there we saw a swing towards the nationalist side. In fact, the Nationalist Unity Party was elected alone to government. I appreciate your commitment to not leave the negotiating table, as well as Mr. Hristofias' commitment similarly, but do you not think you were at risk of being taken away by the Turkish Cypriot people in April in elections? Lady here. Nesil Jalzmoğlu. President Halak, welcome. Your visit has been long awaited, um, and I'm sure... Um, I speak on behalf of many people to say welcome and um, yeah, thank you for coming. Um, I recognise, like most Turkish Cypriots do, I'm sure, that um, your, your visit to the UK is a positive step. Your meeting with Gordon Brown was a positive step, despite the way that some of the Turkish community papers have reported it. And um, I know it's because of the efforts that you've made for dip diplomatic relations to improve and the efforts of the Turkish Cypriot diaspora here in, the, um, here in London. Um, my question really is, what's the significance of this visit when we consider the future, of uh, the future of Cyprus and the future of Turkish Cypriots? Thank you. First of all, yes, referendum is uh, an already agreed uh, decision by, between uh, us, between Christophias and myself. We will uh, put any agreement to simultaneous referenda. Uh, so that is uh, the decision. Uh, but about the timing, uh, we didn't, of course, decide about, uh, for that. Uh, it will depend on the conclusion of the agreement, because our agreement is that we are seeking a comprehensive settlement. We are not seeking a, a framework agreement. We are not going to set some uh, a list of uh, basic uh, criteria and uh, put them to referenda and then continue to negotiate. We are seeking a comprehensive settlement and uh, with uh, such a settlement we are going to put that to simultaneous referenda. About the elections in the, in the, in the north, uh, I mean uh, we are still, uh, actually we have uh, enough time to the elections uh, to continue to negotiate and hopefully conclude the uh, negotiations. But of course, if we cannot succeed to conclude the uh, negotiations, 
It is true that we are going to have the elections, postponement or any kind of delay is totally impossible. It is otherwise unconstitutional. So we have to make that election. It is most probably on 10th or 11th of April anyway. Uh, so in a, uh, what do you call reasonable time before that election, uh, we may stop the negotiations uh, for some time. Uh, I don't want to make any comment regarding the elections because we are not at that stage now. Uh, if I start to make comments, then this might mean to start also the campaign. So I don't want to do it. I prefer to be a, a little bit more uh, apart from the uh, from the election. Uh, spirit, so uh, concentrate on the negotiations, and I believe that still it is possible to reach to a solution before the election. Don't forget, Anand Plan was negotiated only one month. I was there. The uh, negotiations started in the beginning of, uh, of March 2004, ended uh, on 31st March, one month, and we finalized the, uh, the plan. But of course with different conditions. I mean, I admit that. I cannot say that it is so easy even now. No, but there is a, a possibility always. So we have to concentrate on the solution instead of thinking about the election and the others. The importance of this visit, actually I'm invited by the Chamber of Commerce to London. Uh, since 2005, since my election, I haven't been in London. I didn't come here. Uh, before that, I used to come frequently. Uh, with the invitation of the Chamber of Commerce, I decided to come and also that arrangement has been done uh, to meet the Prime Minister of United Kingdom, which I, uh, I think it is a, a very important uh, you know, occasion since United Kingdom is one of the guarantors of the island. United Kingdom has quite high influence in Cyprus and also on the uh, negotiations. Uh, so uh, the, the, this meeting uh, and the possible uh, outcomes of this meeting will be important uh, since the commitment of United Kingdom to support solution to to find ways to uh, support the negotiations and also contribution of United Kingdom to the ongoing process I think are very important and uh, we have to get that, we have to solicit that, uh, that support uh, not only from United Kingdom from the international community actually 
from other important players like uh, United States, uh, but at the top, uh, <coughs> the priority is with uh, United Nations, of course. So all this type of international help, for me, is highly appreciated. Thank you. Okay. All right. One, two, and then the black shirt, three. Okay. Can we have the one, two, three here? One. Yes. One, two, the lady. And then with the black shirt, yes. We will move to this side next. Questions? Hi. My name is Sala Sala. Um, you've mentioned the agreement on the 23rd of May 2008 about um, bicommunal, bizonal federation with equality. But the agreement was, was stating that equality should not be defined arithmetically. Uh, My question me, is, I, I cannot get can, the question. The agreement said that the equality should not be defined arithmetically. So my question is, why do you keep insisting on having 60-40 while the, the Anand plan was rejected and it, that its provision said 70-30? Uh, a non-plan rejected in this is near equality. They insist that you're supposed to know. Yes. İsterseniz söylersiniz. Ben yeterince duyamadım ama böyle anladım diye. My name is Aylin Yardımcı. I'm from Turkey. But I'm more concerned about the feelings and well-being of the Turkish Cypriot community in Cyprus. Do you think as um, their leader, as their president, do you think their eagerness for a solution in the island, which was already manifested during the Anand plan referendum, do you think this is underestimated or even ignored by the wider international community? Thank you. Um, Abdullah Akinji. Um, Mr. President, um, you as you said. Louder, please. Okay. Um, as you said, uh, we as a Turkish Cypriot um, community are more in need for a settlement in Cyprus, economically and mentally. Um, so, if there is no, um, in the next like, couple of months, if we can come to a solution, if we can come to a settlement, do we have any plans for our future? Like, do we have any other choices than um, settlement in Cyprus? Uh, for the first question, uh, if I understood uh, right, it is about the uh, Equality, the argument of the Turkish Cypriot side that, that the solution will be based on political equality. Uh, if it is so, let me tell that the Greek Cypriot side already accepted the political equality of Turkish Cypriots. This is not a, <clears throat> a new principle. 
this is a very old principle. It has been uh, uh, adopted by the Security Council and it is a decision of the Security Council. The political equality of Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots uh, has been defined by the Secretary General in one of his reports. As far as I remember, in 1990, most probably, and then endorsed by the Security Council. And it is valid since that time. And, uh, and uh, together with Mr. Christofias, we declared our commitment uh, to find a comprehensive solution based on political equality, besides the others, I mean. I don't think that <clears throat> Greek Cypriots rejected the plan because of that provision that it has uh, political equality of Turkey Cypriots. Uh, so uh, the very reason is the, uh, the principle which has been established by the, the United Nations and also that it is mutually accepted uh, by Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots. About the uh, that Turkish Cypriots uh, approved the Anand plan and whether the, the international community underestimated this fact, uh, actually my personal uh, view is that uh, you are right. It has been underestimated, sometimes quite conveniently, but, uh, again, the repercussions of the Turkish Cypriot approval uh, of the Anand plan uh, is uh, making positive uh, contributions to the, the Turkish Cypriot uh, political image, worldwide, I mean. Uh, although we couldn't get all benefits of that, despite the Secretary General's very positive report uh, to the Security Council on 18 May 2004. Uh, there, the Secretary General called the international community to lift the isolation of Turkish Cypriots since this decision of Turkish Cypriots had had undone the uh, measures, uh, the, uh, the rationale of the measures taken against Turkish Cypriots, and also lifting the isolation of Turkish Cypriots uh, would not be contrary to the uh, Security Council resolutions uh, taken in 1983 and 84. Uh, but, uh, as you mentioned, unfortunately, in the normal uh, uh, different uh, circles of uh, activities, this decision, this stance of Turkish Cypriots are uh, underestimated. This is uh, a fact. But in general terms, it is contributing. Uh, Turkish Cypriots' positive response to the Anand plan uh, has changed the uh, general uh, 
international image of Turkish Cypriots and also actually the uh, general view of the Cyprus problem. Now nobody can argue that Turkish Cypriots are not in favor of a solution. In the past this was the case. In the past it was argued that Turkey was, in no, was not in favor of solution, but Turkey, as everybody knows, encouraged Turkish Cypriots to vote in favor of the Anad plan, which was entailing a lot of sacrifices for Turkish Cypriots. Uh, so it gave a positive uh, uh, contribution to the, to the image of, uh, of Turkish side in general. But you are very right that it didn't get the, uh, the uh, all needed and deserved support to that stance. Um, of course, there are uh, alternatives for, uh, for Turkish Cypriots, for, as for everybody. I mean, alternatives, but uh, it is uh, important to really weigh whether uh, or which alternative is less painful and more uh, uh, positive and uh, likely to be accepted or implemented internationally. So there are variety of uh, uh, options for, uh, for everybody, but we are trying to reach to a, a, a rational result, a, a result which will be easy to implement and which will be less painful to actually just the opposite, which will be the best option. So let's concentrate on that. And when the time comes to consider, we can do it uh, in uh, our own system and maybe with our people at the very end. Thanks. The gentleman with the beard, the lady with the eyeglasses, and lady at the very back row. Okay. Yes, we begin with you. Please, your name and that the question, please. Okay. Uh, my name is Febzi Hussein from the Embargoed Human Rights Group. Um, welcome, President, to, to London. Um, my question is as follows. It's clear that principles relating to mutual dignity and respect are absolutely key, and these will underpin everything positive and successful in your ongoing talks. One of the aspects that I would like to shed some light on um, is an area that hasn't really been discussed so much in the ongoing talks, and it was an area that was a part of the Anam plan, and this is the area of reconciliation. Um, on reconciliation, are there any plans to bring Turkish and, Cypriot, uh, Turkish and Greek Cypriots together 
in a Northern Ireland or South Africa style process to begin to heal the pain of the periods relating from the 1950s up to 1974. No, there is a no. There is a lady with eyeglasses here. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Hello, my name is Markel Antonopoulou. I'm from the Greek Cypriot side. Um, Mr. Talad, you have mentioned that Mr. Christofias needs to be more flexible, especially on the subjects of property and guarantees. However, these are the two subjects that Greek Cypriots um, feared during the Anan plan as well, and they are still uh, they they still um, uh, have problems with these two issues. And this was endorsed and reflected in a stat in a recent study a few months ago um, that it actually said that about 70% of Greek Cypriots, if presented with a plan right now, would vote no. So how, I mean, this intensification of the process, how is it gonna change the feeling um, of the Greek Cypriots? I mean, don't you fear that they are gonna vote no again? Hi, um, good please. evening. Yes. My name is Eleni Babasuzomenu. In your speech, you stated that the Turkish government is willing to accept all the proposals that the Turkish Cypriots make. What is your opinion about the Turkish troops which are in Cyprus and, uh, and are legally settled there? And are you ready to accept the complete withdrawal of the Turkish troops from Cyprus? And if yes, will the Turkish government accept that? Yes, uh, thank you very much. About the reconciliation, which uh, actually I didn't mention in my speech, it is true that there is a, an important need. Reconciliation, uh, uh, or, but, but we should not forget that the problem in Cyprus is more than a conflict between the two communities. It is, a, it, it, is, it is actually a political problem. It is international and political. Uh, coming to the level of reconciliation, I think that, first of all, we have to fix the, the settlement. If we can achieve a settlement, that will be used as a... a as a basis for reconciliation and peace building. Now, unfortunately, the continuation of the, uh, the non-solution poisons the relations of uh, the two communities in the island. If two groups of people, youngsters, come together, Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots, they start to talk about the validity of the terms uh, for each other's side. I mean, 
for a Greek Cypriot youngster, the Turkish Cypriot elections are so-called elections. So-called president, so-called government, sometimes it goes to so-called police, and so forth. For Turkish Cypriots, of course, not with the same rhetoric, but again for the Turkish Cypriots, it is clear that the Greek Cypriot authorities do not represent Turkish Cypriots. They are, uh, they are the usurpers of the uh, rights of Turkish Cypriots for quite a long time. But just imagine, uh, if we reach to a solution, if we agree on the terms of our future life, will this conflict, will this uh, argumentation continue? I don't think so. Everything will be settled, everything will be clear for both uh, groups or for both communities. And from that time onwards, we are going to start to peace, uh, build peace uh, on top of it. The solution of the property problem, whether that property belongs to the Turkish Cypriot or Greek Cypriot, whether uh, the, the, the, this right is uh, possible to be used by Turkish Cypriots or not. Uh, the issues regarding the governance salt, then peace building can start on top of it. So reconciliation, to my opinion, or actually that, that's put in another way, of course, I'm not against this kind of efforts and all the, um, the activities of the non-governmental organizations and the, the trade unions and others are very valuable. But to get real progress, the poison has to be cleared, which is the problem, which is the, the, the Cyprus problem. And I think uh, this will take some time after the settlement also. We will need some time. We will work on the ways of uh, promoting reconciliation between the two communities, uh, but with a resolved problem, this will be much easier. Uh, about my wish for flexibility on property and guarantees, uh, I said uh, flexibility on properties uh, with, uh, uh, with the reason that the initial uh, idea of the Greek Cypriot side has been to forget about the development since 1974. 
I mean, nobody can think about this. Nobody can digest this. Forget about everything, every development since 1974. Freeze everything in 1974. And with a solution, go back pre-1974. This is not uh, thinkable. That's why that I ask the flexibility. Flexibility to find a compromise because actually we agreed on the fact that the solution of the property problem will be based on compensation, restitution, and exchange of properties. We agreed on these uh, basic uh, alternatives. So my quest for <coughs> flexibility is to actually to promote this positive, uh, these alternatives for the solution of the, uh, of the property problem. Or let's say these remedies uh, to, to, to uh, be used for solution of the property problem. Of course, I uh, appreciate what you have said regarding the uh, rejection of the Greek Cypriot site uh, of the Anand plan is mainly because of uh, some factors. Of course there are some factors, but I'm not very sure that this was one, the most important one was the property issue. You know why? Because people say from Paphos, who didn't have any relation with the properties in the north, rejected by very high majority the plan. And also, people who were going to get back their properties from Morfu, they again rejected the solution with quite high percentage. So I don't think that property was the main issue of the rejection of the Greek Cypriot side. And for the guarantees, nobody should forget that security, okay, security is uh, something else, we are negotiating it. But guarantee and alliance agreements are international treaties. <coughs> and there are parties of this, these treaties. Greece, uh, Turkey, Greece, Turkey, and United Kingdom are the signatories besides Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots. Whether colonial, whether colonial or contemporary, it doesn't matter. And if you ask the Turkish Cypriots, you will find out that more than 95% of Turkish Cypriots look to this issue as essential to vote in favor of a solution. It is true that Greek Cypriots are uh, really <coughs> against this, uh, the continuation of the guarantees, but maybe you don't know, you are uh, very young. I know, I remember, I was the second uh, person in the Turkish Cypriot negotiation, ne negotiating team in 2004, 
And before that time, I always follow the Cyprus problem. None of the <coughs> none of the uh, Greek Cypriot leaders raised the issue of, of guarantees as a major stumbling block in front of the solution. I, I am ready to discuss anybody who has a different opinion on this issue. Mr. Kleridas in 2001 uh, made a proposal and said that we, accept, we are accepting the guarantee, the continuation of the guarantee and alliance agreements and, and the extension of the guarantee and alliance agreements to cover also the territories of the constituent states. This is not our, it, it was not our position. This was proposed by Mr. Clerides in 2001. And in the ensuing uh, developments, I am one of the witnesses. Mr. Papadopoulos never raised this issue in the negotiations. Never. I was there. I mean, he, I'm, I'm talking about something else. So, I mean, let me finish it. I mean, I, I know that uh, even Mr. Papadopoulos didn't raise this issue. So why it became the main uh, problem among Greek Cypriots? Because, no, no, no, no, it is not that. Because, because, uh, the Anon plan basically was prepared by the contribution of the Greek Cypriot side by the United Nations. This is the historical fact. Because in the preparation period, Anand Plan was not in any way had any sympathy for in front of Turkish Cypriot side, and Turkish Cypriots didn't contribute to the preparation of the Anand Plan. But Greek Cypriots uh, made the necessary contribution, but despite this fact, they rejected the plan, or actually their leader called the Greek Cypriot Society to reject the plan. A resounding no is called by the then leader of Greek Cypriots. So, in order to, uh, to, to identify some reasons for this rejection, these reasons, uh, these, uh, reasons are created by politicians. They have never been raised during the negotiations, but after the rejection, they started to say that, ah, because of the security of, and guarantees, because of uh, the economic reasons, uh, that the burden of the solution will be on the shoulders of the Greek Cypriots, and so forth, became justifications for the rejection. So it was not the people, it was the uh, reasons created by the politicians, by the leadership. So anyway, I'm not asking Greek Cypriot side to abandon from their arguments. 
I am asking to show flexibility because it is equally important for Turkish Cypriots for uh, approval of, uh, of a solution uh, by, by them. Um, about Turkish troops, it is very clear that with a solution, uh, Turkish troops will be withdrawn. It is already known that this was going to happen if uh, the former Anan plan was accepted. Only, uh, at ultimately, only a symbolic number of troops from Greece and Turkey were going to stay in the island. But now, nothing changed. Everything is the same uh, of that time of the rejection of the Anan plan because of this, I think, wrong understanding or, let's say, misunderstanding. Uh, we already agreed that the United Cyprus is going to be demilitarized. We are not going to have uh, what you call uh, military uh, establishments in the constituent states and in the federal uh, structure. Uh, so the uh, number of troops which are going to be agreed upon, which are going to be in the guarantee and alliance agreements uh, will stay, the rest will be withdrawn. Thank you. Okay, um, well, we have taken quite a bit of your time. Can we take two more questions? Okay, one and two. One and two. Right. Your, please take your name and please ask a question, please. Thank you. My name is uh, Melal Eje. I'm a councillor here in London. And I'd like to welcome President Talat here to London. And I've enjoyed what he said, and I found it very, very interesting. Um, the question I want to put to you is, given that the Republic of Cyprus is a member of the EU, the European Union, and I know that many British people here, as well as Turkish Cypriots, us Turkish Cypriots here in London, were quite surprised that following 2004, the rejection of the Greek Cypriot, the Republic of Cyprus, for the Annan plan, they were admitted to the EU, so the EU now has a, a, a country, a member state, which is in effect divided. I'd like to ask you, how much support is the EU giving, and how, much, um, um, uh, how involved are they? Because it must be in their interest to have a resolution of this long-standing problem um, for Cyprus. It's in the interest of all the EU, the expanding EU now. I'd like to ask you how much support they are giving and how much pressure they might be giving, bringing to bear on the Republic of Cyprus as well, because I know Greece is very supportive, to make sure that there is a, a solution as soon as possible. Okay. Okay. 
Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi. Uh, my name is Andreas. I would like to ask Mr. Talat. Uh, it's I have a question in two parts. First of all, I was a bit surprised on why you have rejected the opening of ports and airports in the northern area for the return of Famagusta. That was a proposal given by the Greek Cypriot side in 2004. Yeah, am I correct or am I? Yeah. Also, <laughs> uh, in, your, in your speech, you make mention of uh, the lack of intensification of talks. Now I believe you will be meeting with Mr. Christofias almost every day. Uh, on his behalf, Mr. Christofias has over the staying of 50,000 settlers and the political quality. I would like to ask you what are the compromises on you have made? And as a young person that would like to learn more about how, they, the, how the talks are being held without the, going through the channels of the media that sometimes are impaired for or against each other, if you would have a website that will say what are your improvements that are being dealing with from day to day. Sorry for the time. One final question here. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, dear President, welcome to LSE. Your presence is highly appreciated. Uh, my name is Sergian Güngörmüş and I come from Istanbul, Turkey. And I have this concern as a realist, so I have to raise this question. Um, the, you, you, you told us that the current negotiations are based on a plan that is, has a basis on forming a loose federation. And we know that Andam plan, which was based on the forming of a loose federation, has failed. And it is, it is clear that there was not much incentive for Greek Cypriots to accept this plan, so they refused the plan. And the Republic of Cyprus, as it stands today, is a European country with an independent economy. So again, as a realist, I can't see a reason or a big incentive for Greek Cypriots to say yes to a plan that has a loose federation, unless it gives a promise of territory sacrifice uh, by the Turkish side. So, what do you think about this? How much of the land are you planning to sacrifice to get a federative plan that will provide sufficient incentive to Greek Cypriots or the ordinary people which actually function in the decision-making via referendums instead of the intellectuals? Thank, thank, can, we, can we have the question finalized? Yeah, this, is the, this was the question. Okay, just, we have, we've kept everybody brief. And I, I, I think you should also ask the brief question. This was He's the, a student I know well, but I, should, I think you should also ask a brief question. I, I asked the question. Okay, I asked the question, and the final part I think, is... I think we did well this evening, no speeches, and the last one should not be a speech either. No, I, I, I asked the question, actually. And do you believe such sacrifice will be legitimate since UBP was elected by Turkish Cypriots? Thank you. Yes, uh, let me uh, make this uh, remark, uh, particularly about the uh, support of the European Union for the solution. Actually, we are expecting European Union to act in two uh, dimensions, or if you like, in two trucks. One, 
is to support or encourage Greek Cypriots uh, for a solution and also as you mentioned uh, a divided country in the European Union is not acceptable is not logical and this uh, the unification of uh, the member state is on the shoulders of the uh, of their member so this is uh, definitely the Greek Cypriot side since they are the member then they have to shoulder this responsibility this should be said clearly to the Greek Cypriot side um, the second track uh, should be the uh, the encouragement or or let's say support to Turkish Cypriots in order to keep Turkish Cypriots in the right direction in the right policy because as all societies Turkish Cypriots also are prone to uh, to divert from from the uh, line of European Union if they feel uh, this is a, a, a, an impossible uh, task so European Union should uh, also keep uh, Turkish Cypriots in the right direction but despite uh, uh, the, the, the issues out of these uh, two trucks uh, are a bit beyond the reach of the European Union because European Union uh, because the Greek Cypriot side and Greece are members of the European Union and if a political case comes to the uh, table to decide about uh, some, somehow is uh, influenced by the, these member states by Greece and Greek Cypriot side so almost in all cases in front of the European Union we are observing uh, some kind of blockage and no progress that's why that we are asking European Union to keep uh, its support uh, along these two tracks and not uh, try to give political uh, uh, opinions help politically to the to the process but rather uh, support the process uh, technically support the process uh, on legal matters and also when the time comes of course for for the implementation of the solution financially so this should be the approach of the uh, European Union regarding the uh, support uh, of the solution uh, in 2004 about the proposal of the Greek Cypriot side for the opening of Hamagusta port was not including the airports it was including only Hamagusta port and it was very interesting uh, proposal uh, it was demanding the uh, uh, handover of uh, Varosha to the Greek Cypriot side 
and together with this uh, having uh, the operation of Famagusta port jointly with Greek Cypriot side. Meaning, Greek Cypriot proposal was asking for Varosha and asking for Famagusta port also. Not only one. They were asking two uh, concessions or two uh, issues to be given to Greek Cypriot side and giving way to the uh, operation of Famagusta port jointly but through a company established in uh, Germany, I think, or somewhere not in Cyprus. The port, Famagusta port, was going to be operated by a company established, say, in a European Union member state, but it was going to be a joint company, Turkish Cypriots and Greek Cypriots, and they were asking also uh, the Varosha to be given to Greek Cypriot side. So this was not uh, an acceptable proposal for Turkish Cypriots. Uh, about the, uh, the, the concessions given by the Greek Cypriot side, uh, of course, uh, it depends whether these are concessions or not, because uh, there are citizens of the uh, uh, Turkish uh, Republic of Northern Cyprus, and these citizens are living there. They establish their uh, houses, their uh, livelihoods, everything uh, there. And uh, even thinking to uh, send them back from those places uh, is something uh, very, uh, what you call, Unbelievable. So I don't accept that this is a uh, this is a concession given by the Greek Cypriot side. Don't forget, in the Anand plan, again the same number was mentioned. So it it cannot be taken as uh, a concession by the Greek Cypriot side. And not only that, also uh, political equality is a long-established. Uh, parameter of the United Nations and it is not uh, given as a concession to Turkish Cypriots. No, they, they, I cannot accept this. This has been accepted since uh, 1990, I said, which means uh, starting the discussions of the Galicet of idea, which goes back actually to even 1986, 1985, 86, and it was definitely during the term of Mr. Vasiliou, endorsed by the Security Council and accepted by the Greek Cypriot side. So it is not a concession or it is not a new development. Uh, what we did, okay, what we did since quite a long time, you remember that Turkish Cypriot side never accepted by communal, by zonal federation to be the 
the, the solution. Go back to 1997. In 1997, Turkish Cypriot side proposed confederation as the solution. It is the first time that during my period, by communal, by zonal federation has been accepted by Turkish Cypriot side. If you go further, single sovereignty and single citizenship are also accepted by, by me. These are admitted by Mr. Christofias. If you ask him, he will say that it is true that it is, he is the first Turkish Cypriot leader who accepted this. That was 1977 time, it was 1977 time, and there uh, uh, it was accepted by uh, both leaders, but in the course of time, the policies were changed, and as you know, in 1997, the proposal of Turkish Cypriot side was confederation. Okay, it was so in 1977, but in 1997 it was not so. So between 20 years you change your central policy, you no know what So what does this tell us about the future? Anyway, anyway, okay, I'm not going to... I'm not... I'm not going to... I'm not going to, I'm not going to negotiate, of course, the... Uh, Cyprus problem here. Uh, I think we've done very well this evening. Just let's give our speaker the chance to finish his remarks. Please. Yes, and lastly, uh, uh, the question regarding the uh, land sacrifice of Turkish Cypriots uh, for the sake of solution. Of course, this is a matter of negotiation. The discussions will take place on the table. Of course, I cannot negotiate uh, such a issue here. It is a uh, matter of uh, what you call negotiation and it will be taken in the course of negotiations. Of course there are uh, issues to be, uh, to be compromised. But these are not uh, only uh, in the Turkish Cypriot side. These are also in the Greek Cypriot positions. So we have to take them uh, in an uh, a equitable manner. We have to uh, keep the balance, the delicate balance. If there are some concerns of Greek Cypriots, say in the Ananplan structure, there are some concerns of Turkish Cypriots. And in order to make 
a plan acceptable for both sides, maybe the different issues are going to be uh, to be used as trade-offs between the sides. So all these are going to be uh, are going to take place on the table. So it is not correct to think that uh, by giving land to Greek Cypriot side solution is going to be somehow safeguarded. There are a lot of dimensions of the, uh, of the problem and all these dimensions have to be tackled. Uh, for example, there is a very interesting fact. For Greek Cypriot side, direct election of the presidency according to the opinion polls is almost a red line. We are not expecting such a uh, what you call commitment if you like or such a even obsession. Red line they want direct election of the presidency. It is not possible to elect the members of the presidency in the Senate, in the Parliament. Why? It is not democratic. So this means the United Kingdom is not a democratic country anyway. But, I mean, this became a kind of red line for Greek Cypriots. Look to Turkish Cypriots, this, there is no green, uh, red line for this. If you ask to Turkish Cypriots, and it is done, for Turkish Cypriots, this is not of big importance. For Turkish Cypriots, it is equally valid to elect the presidency, the members of the presidency, by direct vote, by, uh, by popular vote, or by the Senate. No problem. So, if we are going to tackle this problem, we have to know the tendency uh, of both sides and tackle the issue in that way. So this, uh, this territory issue or property issue are not alone. They cannot be taken uh, alone. As I said, as I gave an example, people from Paphos without having any relation with the properties in the north, said, uh, I mean, voted against the Anand plan more than the average. More than the average. Those people who were going to get their properties in Morfu voted equal to average against the Anand plan. So there are various reasons there are a lot of dimensions. We have to consider all of them together in order to find a solution. And ultimately, ultimately, I believe that the role of leaders, the role of leaderships, let's say, I don't mean only the leaders of the, uh, of the two sides. I don't mean the presidents. I mean the leaders leaders of political parties, leaders of civil society, leaders of the community, to really uh, come uh, to, to a position 
to create a consensus and support a solution, support the plan, the settlement, and this will cause a positive result. I believe in this, but without this kind of, a, of, a, of an effort, solution will not be possible, unfortunately. Yes. Please give us, give us a second. Let me. Mr. President, you have given us a very open and direct assessment this evening of both the content and the prospects for a settlement in Cyprus as you see them. You have answered the questions from each member of the audience very clearly and very directly, both from Turkish Cypriots, Greek Cypriots, and others. And uh, we are indeed very pleased, very honored, that on your first visit to London since your election, you have agreed to speak here at the LSE. We thank you very much for coming here this evening being with us and I want to also thank very much the audience for a very fruitful open exchange. One final thing if I may, I have been asked to remind you please to remain seated as our speaker exits the theatre. Thank you very much.